I'm back. I am so excited to be joining y'all for real, for real. Um, as always, I know it may feel like a long time, but it's just the right time to get um, a word to experience God in a new, fresh way here on the Pretty Dope Series podcast. Um, I pray and hope that your week and everything has been going well. Um, if it hasn't, that's cool. Um, I can say that I've had a very uh, transforming week. I um, have just really seen God's hand. Um, I've also seen my hand and the enemy's hand, but understand all power lies in God's hand. So that's what's most important. Um, and I'm going to be coming to you today. Um, this episode is um, entitled From Another Place. Um, and I wanted to just really reach out to my listeners and let you know um, that in this time, in this season, um, please do not feel like that you are alone. Please do not feel like, hey, I have a word, but I have no direction. I have no, um, you know, where to place my feet. If that, you know, you feel like, man, you know, I have the knowledge, I have the insight, I have the dream or I have the vision, but I just know that where I am right now, what I'm seeing, what my atmosphere looks like is not really conducive for it to happen. And so I want to talk about, you know, uh, coming from another place. And what do I mean by that? Another place. Um, I have had many dreams, many visions of what. Um, I was going to be, you know, what I am, you know, what God wants to take me. And I have to really change my position in order for me to behold and obtain the new place in God. I have to come from a different position. So from another place. So what typically could, you know, detour me, make me frustrated, make me angry, make me give up on things, make me give up on God. I have to come from a different place. Um, and people have always said, even the word says, you know, calling those things as though they were having that faith to call things. Even when I'm in a present situation that does not look like my future, I'm going to call it from a different place. I'm not going to remain in my now state, but I'm going to actually cause my mind and my spirit to go ahead and let my flesh catch up. And I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we are, you know, waiting to be there in the flesh, but we have to spiritually and mentally go to where we want to be. Uh, we have to spiritually and mentally put ourselves in a place, uh, a place to receive the things that we aspire to have. So say, for instance, I want to be a doctor. Um, I have to mentally already conduct my life or live my life as if I am a physician. I'm a doctor. I have to actually put into motion what I want to become, what I want to see and what I believe. Um, and a lot of times because we are, uh, are not in a place that we need to be, we don't attract the blessings. We don't attract um, what we actually need. We attract who we are right now. And so sometimes for me, people say, well, you're really quiet right now. Well, you know, what's going on? Nothing is going on. I'm just transforming. I'm actually, you know, placing my mind and my spirit to where I want to be. 
and allow my flesh to catch up because your flesh is going to fight you every step of the way. But if you say, hey, I want to be um, a business owner or I want to be a school teacher or I want to go back to school, I need to place my mind and my spirit already there. I have to act like it, walk like it, prepare for it, act like it's already happening. So when God allows it to manifest, I'm not caught off guard. I can maintain. I can continue on. I can go further than I ever have because I've already been there. And I'm telling you, you got to act like you've already been there. I know um, in, I think, I want to say Coach Carter, if I'm not mistaken, the movie Coach Carter, is uh, he said, act like you've already been there. You know, don't showboat, you know, don't humiliate the other team, but act like you've already been to a place where you have won. And that's what I want to really talk to you about because we're, you know, waiting for this miraculous doing of God that he's just going to come out the sky and dump all everything on us that we've asked for which he can do because he's sovereign because he's God but understand this if I act like it it says in the word uh, so a man thinks in his heart so is he and we just marinate on that one scripture so a man is in his heart so is he so is the way that he thinks and he moves so if you feel like you're struggling from get for uh uh if you're struggling to get from point A to point B from talking about getting a job to having a job, I have to be what proactive. I have to literally act as if I've already been there. I have to study. So when I go into that job and get that job and I'm hired, I'm not behind the curve. I have to put forth the effort um to actually prove to God and not only God, but prove to myself that I really want to do this. And I'm not just talking about it. And it's a lot of talking going on, but what are we actually, um, doing about it? You know, uh, and one thing that was brought to me even this week talking about reckless faith. And I know even in, um, my church setting, um, we've been talking about, you know, launching into the deep and getting off the boat and trusting God and focusing on God and everything, but it's going to cause for us to have reckless faith. That means there's nothing else that can happen that can detour my faith. There's nothing else that can make me turn my back on God. There's nothing else that's going to make me doubt him. You have to make a strong decision that no matter what, it doesn't matter anymore. It's not important anymore because I have reckless faith. My reckless faith means that no matter what I see, what I feel, what I witness, I still have faith. And that reckless faith causes everything that's in my way to be torn down. Okay. So God told me some things as well. Um, he said, reckless faith says it doesn't matter now. And I want you to get that in your heart, in your mind. Reckless faith says it does not matter now. It may have mattered in the past. It may have mattered because that's the only resource that you thought you had. But reckless faith says everything before this point does not matter anymore. It's a decision. So I know this and I and that is happening, but it doesn't matter now. But I already have the outcome. So I see what's happening, 
But God says, I've given you the outcome. He said, I'm going to make you triumph. Uh, he says, I'm going to make you victorious. Uh, he says that I'm going to make a, a river in your desert. He says that he's going to prepare the way. He says that he's going to bless you. He says that the doors will be open. Uh, he says he's going to answer your prayers and hearken unto your cry and haste unto your call. He says all it's a million promises in the Bible. He says, you already know the outcome. So you you cannot go on what you see, but you got to go on what the outcome is already going to be. Let that sit with you. If God has already showed you how he's going to bless you, how he's going to push you, how he's going to bring things out and bring you over some things, he's giving you the outcome. So therefore, I cannot uh, focus my mind and my heart and my eyes on what is seen right now for it is what temporary. That's what the word says. It's temporary. So whatever you're facing right now is temporary. All right. So and it's funny to me when I talk about, you know, launching into the deep and how um, the disciples and, and Peter was on the water trying to walk on the water and everybody was still back in the boat. Yes, it's not going to be easy, especially when you're the only one stepping out in the boat when everybody's talking about it, but nobody's actually putting any action into it. And I can venture to say that the people that were in the boat, they were like talking to Peter while Jesus was talking to Peter. Now, I want you to hear that the people in the boat were calling out to Peter just as much as Jesus was calling out to Peter. Whose voice are you going to listen to? Whose report are you going to believe? A lot of people want to tell you what to do, how to do it, and they've never stepped in the water. You have to be careful. Okay. Um, to listen to godly counsel, but not listen to people who lack faith. Okay. Um, and so I thought about, it. I said, is it safer in the boat or safer stepping out to get to Jesus? You know, sometimes the very thing that has uh, been a safety net is now a sinking place. So I'm talking about from another place. Sometimes the place that you've been comfortable with um, that has really been just a comfort place for you. Not a place of growth, but a comfort place. You haven't been developing. You haven't been getting stronger. You haven't been, you know, getting more powerful. You've just been in a safe place. Now, anytime you use something as a safe place and you never leave from the safe place and go back outside, it becomes a sinking place. Okay. Seasons, people, situations, whether they're good or bad, have an expiration date. And it's okay for your winter to end. It's okay for your fall to end. It's okay for spring to end. It's okay for summer to end because you have to give way to the next season or else it's going to be a collision and an issue within your atmosphere. It's going to be to the point that everything is going to be off. And some of you guys feel off right now because you won't give way to the next season of your life. And I'm going to say that again because that's powerful to me. You won't give way to the next season of your life. So therefore, everything is up in the air. You're lost. You feel like I don't have any footing, uh, no strong or sure word over my life. 
So you have to give way to each season. So if God says, okay, I'm bringing you out of the season of, season of winter where you were sad and depressed and going through things and I'm going to bring you into a spring, you have to give way to that. Sometimes we get in the way of our own progress and then we cry when things seem like they're off and they're just going bananas. But you have to give way to seasons. You have to give way to the ending and the beginning of relationships. I'm going to say that again. You have to give way to the ending and the beginning of relationships. You have to give way to certain people and people who are uncertain and allow things to fall where they may and not try to figure out every little detail because a lot of our exhaustion comes from trying to evaluate every person in our lives instead of allowing them to show us who they are. And when they show us who they are, you deal with them accordingly. But you sometimes our discernment is working, but our listening measures are not working. You know, working like a lot of times we're not listening to what we're seeing. And that's a whole revelation right there where sometimes we're not listening to what we're actually seeing. Oh, that blessed my heart. Okay. And sometimes, like I said, we stay too long in being comfortable and then it becomes a hazard. So my, my message or my, you know, um, my heart behind a lot of things is I wrote it down. I just want to express it to you. Don't miss the message. What do you mean? How do I get from the place that I am now to my ordained place of my destiny? Don't miss the message. I'm going to say it one more time. How do I get from talking about being blessed to being blessed and being a blessing? Don't miss the message. How do I get from my singlehood to being that prosperous couple that exemplifies and shows forth God's glory through our marriage and relationship? How do I get from being a single person to that? Don't miss the message. All right. So what do I mean by that? Don't miss the message. We we've been hearing, seeing, analyzing, evaluating, but still missing the message, whether from God or people. What are the people in your life trying to tell you? What is God trying to tell you? Everybody comes into your life to bring a message, whether it's a message of hope, doom, gloom, happiness, joy, truth, love, whatever message that they are preaching. Do not miss the message because sometimes we're asking for direction. We're asking for God to move this, um, destroy this turn this, you know, around, uh, lift this up, Lord, take this away, Lord. We, we, we order the Lord around on a lot of stuff, but I can tell you that this has worked not only for me, but I have, you know, put it to the test in multiple situations. What is the message? Is the message that I love you and I need you? Is the message I'm just using you? Is the message um, I want, uh, what you can do for me and not necessarily who you want to be toward me. Um, is the message that you're not important to this person is the message that you are necessary to the kingdom. You know, it's various messages that you can get, 
But a lot of times we don't listen to what is really being said to us through the actions and through the patterns of other people. And that goes even, even, even for God, because God is showing us, he's talking to us. He is showing us things to let you know how he feels about you. A lot of times people say, well, I don't hear the voice of God all the time. But a lot of times God, just him waking you up, is showing you how he feels. Um, God alone just allowing you to make it through your workday is showing you how he feels about you. And when he says, you know what, I'm not going to allow this to happen to you. And he blocks a weapon that has been formed against you. When he blocks a storm, when he blocks that accident that could have happened, he's showing you how he feels about you. He's sending you a message. A lot of us guys been sending us a message for a long time, but we won't open the letter. We won't open up to what he's really saying. We have our own feelings about what we think God feel about us. We have our own interpretation about how God should be in our lives and what he should do and what he should not do. But God is giving you a message. He said, I'm coming to give you a message. Are you listening to me? You know, and so I'm saying all these things to let you know, I've been there. I understand the changing, you know, wanting to go from one place to the other, wanting to behold what you dreamed about all your life in this season and and everything I do. I understand that I'm even there now. And so but at the same time, I have to bring my mind and, and my heart and my spirit first and then my flesh will follow because your flesh is always going to renege. It's always going to go backwards. It's always going to say I'm comfortable here. But you got to decide I want to behold everything that God has for me. So where does that bring me to? Do not lose your expectation. Do not lose your expectation. What do you mean by that, Drella? Every day, I could I put it like this. Sunday, we may expect for God to move and to speak to us. By Tuesday, we're just going through the work week, trying to get through it all the way to Friday. Can I be real with you? Can I be honest? We go from a high expectation and say, God, speak to me, and I receive your word. And by Tuesday afternoon, like now... We literally are just saying, hey, Lord, help me make it through the rest of the week. Instead of maximizing that time with the Lord and saying, God, increase my expectation, increase my insight, increase your vision for my life throughout this week. Don't let the week go by and go and work a nine to five and still not work on your vision or your plan. So don't lose your expectation. Don't let lose your expectation of God being there. Uh, God being willing to bless you. God being willing to be in your life, present, active, moving. Don't lose your expectation. If you lose your expectation for life, you'll commit suicide. I'm going to say that again. If you lose your expectation for life, you will commit suicide. And you're like, okay, no, I don't want to kill myself. But we're slowly killing our dreams. We're slowly killing our purpose because literally we have no expectation for God to do anything, for God to move, uh, any of that. And I've been there. When I tell you I've been there, I'm preaching to the choir, the pulpit, everybody. When I tell you I will go to church, I will expect God to move for everybody but me. I will expect God to bless my friends, 
uh, with a man. I would expect God to bless my family. I would expect God to bless my friends with whatever they wanted. Even if I had to pray for it, I would pray for them and I knew God would answer. But when it came to me, I kind of came to God with a closed heart. Like, I don't want to ask anything. You know, just like the woman that had um, had the prophet in her house and she told and he tells her, oh, you're going to give birth to a son. The lady standing in the doorway like I didn't ask for this. And so when something bad happened to the son and he was dying and everything else, I'm pretty sure she felt like I didn't ask you for this. So why are you basically failing me and disappointing me when I didn't ask you for this? Some of you are, have not asked God for your purpose. You have not asked God for this particular blessing, but he gave it to you. And along the road came some bumps and bruises. And you looked at God and said, I didn't ask for this. I didn't, I didn't want to expect this, you know? And so if you're there, I'm, I'm preaching and I'm pouring hope into you and strengthening to you to let you know that God has no respect of persons. He will do it for you and he is not slack concerning his promises. It is the trick of the enemy to make you feel like God will bless everybody else but you. And I have lived with that lie for a long time. I mean years, okay? Not months, years. So I know what I'm talking about when I say this. Because it's so easy to say, Lord, bless so-and-so with a red balloon. And so-and-so get three or four red balloons before you can finish your prayer. But when you say something, it's like God is not listening. I'm telling you today, bro. I'm telling you today, sis. God is listening. And he is not slack concerning his word. So, but if I lose my expectation, I commit suicide to my dreams and my goals. Okay. So we have to be very careful that we do not lose our expectation. All right. So as time goes on and as you go throughout your week, um, I said something just this week to some of my people that join me on Facebook for Facebook Live. Um, there's a pretty dope series podcast page on Facebook, just in case you don't know. Um, and you can locate me on Facebook to hear the lives because I do go live. Um, but in all of this, something God just shared with me and it really touched my heart. It's not that I didn't know it, but the way that he spelled it out to me really touched my heart and allowed me... For, to move from one place to the other. I'm coming from another place. So because I'm coming from another place, I can't do the things I used to do. I can't afford to let the wrong people in my circle, in my ear, on my phone, you know, whatever. I can't allow things that have been taken over my life and zapping my strength and my anointing and my strength. I can't allow that to take me over anymore. I can't even fit in with people at church. I can't even get into issues that happen within a church. Like I'm to the point that it doesn't matter what it is. It does not matter. Now I have reckless faith. So what may have worked before, what may have frustrated me before, what have, you know, whatever may have maybe want to give up before it doesn't matter now because I'm coming from another place. I'm coming from the place where I want to be in my mind and my heart. I'm already there. I'm not waiting um, I'm waiting for my flesh to catch up, but that comes through submission that comes through fasting and praying that comes through saying, Lord, help my flesh to submit to your spirit because 
mentally and, and spiritually, a lot of times we're already there. God has given us the vision, the dream, the aspiration of the goal. But our flesh is like, I want to stay here because it's comfortable. But understanding that same place of comfort and safety has now become a hazard to your faith and to your movement in God, your momentum in God. So God said something to me and I'm going to kind of read it. So if it sounds like I'm reading, I am reading. <laughs> okay. So it says you can leave. You don't have to keep showing up for insured failure. Insured failure is a guaranteed place or a thing of negativity with no production. We have confused our loyalty with being completely ignorant. Like a vending machine. If it's out of order, it will not work. If it's not plugged up to the power source, then it will not work. If it has the potential or the look or what we actually want and there's no structure, it will not work. You will lose more by continuing to put in what you value or work hard for. And this is the thing that has stuck with me for a long time. And I've always kind of felt this way, but never really put it into words. But stop applauding if you no longer want to see the performance. Um, my mom would tell me all the time, you know, you know how you kill somebody who keeps harassing you, keeps bothering you. You take the attention away off of them. That's all they want is your attention, even if it's negative attention. So it is with Satan. So it is with the enemy. The enemy is going to keep trying to get your attention, keep trying to distract you with what he's doing. But if I take my attention and my focus off what he's doing and put my focus on what I need to be doing, you'll be better off because it's going to be a complete failure every time when you put your eyes on anything but God. Just like Peter walking out in the boat, when he began to sink, it's because he took his what eyes off God. So I'm coming from another place. I'm coming from a place of actually already being where I want to go. Already investing my time and energy on where I want to go. Already studying the textbook before I start college. Already beginning to study my craft so when I get there, I'm not only talented or skilled, but I'm knowledgeable. Okay? So it's so much going from another coming from another place you know sometimes we're waiting for somebody to grab our hand and lead us there but we got to take ourselves there and command our flesh to line up because our flesh is never going to line up especially when i say get uncomfortable your flesh does not want to line up okay so understand that and not try to beat yourself up and understand okay your flesh is struggling with what your spirit already knows which your spirit already is ready to accomplish. Your flesh will struggle with that. But because your spirit is stronger, because you're in the word and you're praying, you're fasting, you're spending time with God because your spirit is stronger, you'll be able to overcome your flesh and do the things that God has called for you to do. So I hope and pray that you're ready to come from another place, not come from I hope it happened, but come from I'm already there. Let my flesh catch up. Let my mind, you know, I ain't going to say my mind, but let my flesh catch up. Let the, the, the carnality of my myself catch up because your flesh is going to come up with excuses as to why you can't do it. Your flesh going to come up with excuses as to why it's not the right time. And let me tell you something before I even get off this episode. 
God literally took me into a vision this week. He said, he's after your timing. I said, huh? He's after your timing, meaning that the enemy, he cannot revoke what God has already spoken. He cannot tear down or destroy what God has already said and put into place for your success. But he can keep you from getting there on time. And he surely can keep you so distracted that you never meet your appointment with destiny. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. Anytime somebody mess with your time, they're telling you that they don't value your time. Okay? Don't let people play with your time. And people, if you know me personally... I don't play about my time. I don't play about my sleep. I don't play about my food or my family. Okay? That's not very many things. I don't play about it. But because those things are important to me, and those things I cannot get back. Okay? And some of us need to live like we cannot get our purpose back. We have to live in the now and get ready for our future and go into it and possess what God wants us to do and stop being scared, stop being afraid, stop reneging on your own purpose and your own goals, trying to help other people and cover it up. Don't cover yourself up in other people's dreams and visions. Have your own stuff. Have your own mind. Have your own vision. Have your own language. Have your own uh, ideas. Stop trying to copy people and live under everybody else's stuff. Okay? And I say that because I've done that. You know, I've done that for years at a time because I felt like, and don't get me wrong, I don't regret any of it. I don't regret it because I was okay being an underdog. But when God calls your name, your number, you got to walk in the same confidence as if you were helping somebody else. Some of us have all the juice in the world, all the excitement in the world for other people's stuff. But when it comes to our stuff, you know, we're dragging our legs. We're not talking confidently. You know, we're, I think I, you don't believe in yourself. You know, that's not God's will for you. So I'm encouraging you today. I'm loving on you today. But I'm coming from another place. And if you don't want to go to that place, bye. That's the that's the gift of goodbye to any person that does not want to go to the place where you need to be in your life when it comes to God, your purpose, your relationship with him and what God has just meant for you to do in this earth. So you have to be okay with the goodbye. And it's all right. Because I find that people who are really supposed to be there will show up in different seasons of your life. Um, even if they were not present in one of them. Everybody can't be a midwife. Everybody can't be there when you're giving birth, you know. But they can be there to see the baby when the, you know, baby is uh, a little bit older and can fight off any germs. And, you know, I mean, I'm putting it into today's terms. Everybody can't be in the living room. Everybody cannot be in the living room. Sometimes they need to just see a picture and wave from a distance and that ain't catch that when you get home for real some people just need to see a picture and be like oh okay but they don't need to be hands-on with what you just birthed so and i'm saying all that if it's for you catch it if it's not it's cool but i'm so excited to be joining y'all i have so much i want to share with y'all this week um check out the other episodes um i will be going live thursday love y'all